Hello, everyone, and welcome into another episode of Talking Schmidt. After a week's hiatus due to me not planning well, that's really what it was. We are officially back. Um, we didn't make predictions for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm sure you guys knew Cody was going to pick San Francisco. Um, I feel like I was vested in San Francisco. Guffy, were you invested in San Francisco in that game, or were you pretty much on the idea that it was going to be all Chiefs? Uh, I was vested in the fact that Brock Purdy had 2,000 passing or 200 passing yards. Patrick Mahomes over 225. Travis Kelsey had a touchdown, a couple of catches, some yards in there. I was vested in a great game. But I was also very much vested in the 13 series. So I kind of changed. Once I figured out that thing, that there was a real theory, I changed my entire predictions on everything. Yeah, I, I figured you probably would. I figured um, once you started to hear all of the 13s with the 5 plus the 8 and the one seed and three seed, I figured you might get to that point. The fact that Brock Purdy wears 13. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there was a lot of 13s, um, (laughs) which obviously, as we know, is the uh, magical number for Taylor Swift. It's her favorite number. And we had even real magic. Ice Spice was up there doing, like, Patronuses and shit. (laughs) There is is talks about that, that Ice Spice was casting spells up in the box. There's been conversations about it. Um, so yeah, Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl 58 in the books and it went to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, back to hey, that back. halftime show. What are you? That gonna- reminded me of this. That <laughs> reminded me of the circle house dog. <laughs> with, that reminded me of the living room. With or without the, uh, I guess with or without, um, the roller skates on. I'm 98% sure that there may have been roller skates at some point because there was a wheelchair, if you remember. <laughs> there was a wheelchair. That is correct. Okay, well, um, Guffy had some uh, some flashbacks while watching Usher. Um, I had to crash behind the couch at one point and get the napalm. Like, I, I thought we were going to go back in time. It was possible. It was uh, it was a wild, uh, wild evening for certain. Um, I'm not. A, I didn't think. Obviously, I, I thought when Ludacris and Lil John came out, it was actually the ending of that was pretty good. Um, when they went into Yeah with uh, Luda and uh, Lil John, so I thought that was uh, even the halftime show wasn't bad. I didn't think that. I mean, he also got married right after that too in Vegas. Smart. Yeah, and then right after he felt all up on Alicia Keys because that girl is still on fire. And she wore all red like she was on fire. Good call. Good call. Were you going to say anything about the all red? Nope. I'm going to leave that one be because I just appreciate the fact that uh, Alicia Keys' wife hasn't tried to murder Ursher yet. Ursher Raymond. That's true. Ursher is still alive that we know of. So Ursher is still here. Um, Cody, obviously you were the one most vested with your team in the Super Bowl. Uh, kind of your thoughts on the game. Well, you know, obviously would have liked to have seen a different outcome, but uh, <clears throat> I mean, it, what more can you do? I mean, as far as with the 49ers, you, you're up by two, you know, two possessions to start the game up. I, I you know, texting you back and forth, I was a little concerned with uh, – when Dre Greenlaw went down, I feel like that definitely was going to be different. And certainly the, the first drive, 
I think the second half that Kansas City had, I text you saying, ooh, I don't like this. Because Travis Kelsey is actually being productive. He's catching passes and he's moving the ball. And, you know, I just, I knew we were rearing for a long, a long second half. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's disappointing. But at the same time, I mean, I, mean, I guess this is kind of how Jerry West would feel with the Lakers back in the 70s, where you, you go into a championship game, you're probably going to lose. Because for the 49ers, of the seven postseason appearances we've had in the last 14 years, we've either lost the Super Bowl or lost the NFC Championship game. So, been, uh, um, been rough. I have a suggestion on what you could have done to win that game. Okay. Uh, discuss the overtime rule with your players beforehand. Damn. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that was kind of bewildering, right? And I, I think something that we've all kind of discussed together and certainly in my group messages, it does seem like Kyle Shanahan has like, he overthinks stuff and sometimes he's just got some major blind spots for being as you know smart of a coach and as well, <clears throat> well, well trained as a coach as he is. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think Shanahan deserves one of these this week. I don't feel the 49ers I mean, do, but I do feel the sad trombone comes out because <laughs> When you have post interviews and they're saying uh, we really didn't understand the <clears throat> overtime rules, that's it's a little rough. I mean, let's be let's be real. Like to come back, just own the mistake, Kyle. Like we all know it was a mistake. Like you didn't read the rule book. We get it. Don't use your post game interview to say I wanted the ball third. Blah, 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 blah. Shut up. You didn't know the ball was going to be the third time. Like get out of here, Kyle. You messed up. You got the womp. You deserve the womp of the week. No, I agree. Um, I do want to say, though, watching that game, uh, you could just tell, I mean, a lot of um, a lot of times you are seeing uh, guys like Nick Bosa, Chase Young, that defensive line, the Chiefs were having to do everything possible. And I, I did complain a little bit with Cody. I, I said, man, like at one point they had Nick Bosa in a chokehold and nothing called, and you're just kind of staring at it. But, again, in a game like that, I mean, there are a lot of things that don't get called um, because if you don't, obviously that – I mean, if you call everything, obviously, and I get it, and, and people will say, well, you could have called San Francisco for this, this, and this, which is totally true. Um, but, I mean, yeah, there was some there's some great footage, and I remember just kind of watching it in real time, watching, like, Nick Bosa literally getting, like, choke slammed and, like – held from like literally around his neck and just thinking, man, they got to call that. I mean, that's kind of blatant. He was still getting the sack though. Yeah. They were eating. Yeah. They they were getting after him. And so one of the thoughts I had, and I'd like to to share with you guys and share with all of our our listeners, Chase Young and Nick Rose are incredible. Not going to take away from them. Nick Rose is probably one of my favorite players in the league today. But I don't think that you, you would have, you want the big guy in the middle. You look at, you know, Chris Jones with the Chiefs. You look at Sam Darnold with the Rams. You look at Vita Vea with the Buccaneers. The last several Super Bowl teams, they've had the big guy that's just a disruptive force in the middle of that defensive line. And the reason why I think it's pertinent to the discussion is that's what the Titans could potentially have Jeffrey Simmons, is if they could figure that out. I mean, they, they got the key component to a Super Bowl defense with a guy like Jeffrey Simmons in the inner defensive line. Because I really do think that that made <clears throat> the big difference was Jones was like a one-man wrecking crew 
for most of the, especially the second half, and really disrupting what Brock Purdy was able to do. I can agree with you on that. Uh, I just think that San Francisco is the last team he's playing really the what's the left of the true four three. Yeah. If you really look at it. So they do have two consistent edge rushes on the outside. I know they're gonna be labeled as edge or whatever the new H term is, but it's really just a four three. Or really just a four two five if you with them playing nickel as much and having that rover of a safety come down. So I mean or that playing with as many nickel backs as they do. So I mean I think they had a great game plan as far as defensively. I think that Chris Jones, like you said, kind of stepped up. But to your point, I'm I'm not sure if one big man can really improve that defense any more than what it really is. I mean, I think they need depth at linebacker, and I think that was kind of air apparent. But other than that, I mean, well, it, it defensive backs too. I mean, yeah, Rafonga being turned <coughs> his ACL several weeks ago, that definitely didn't help her cause. Yeah. That's, that's that 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 stud safety that you know can be everywhere, and. uh we certainly, you know, defensive backs aren't as not not nearly as good as the Kansas City Chiefs defensive backfield, and that was definitely apparent also with you know Brandon Ayuk having kind of a pedestrian game compared to what else he was able to do in the the postseason. Well, I think he didn't have that many targets either. Yeah, I mean, I he's only targeted like five times. I mean, obviously, and and we know this if. San Francisco would have won that. It more than likely would have been Juwan Jennings as the MVP because he played out of his oh, he's a dog. Mind. He yeah. got, <laughs> he's got that dog in him. Yeah, since 2016, we knew it. All right, we knew it. Well, he had he had an absolute game. He had the the passing touchdown to CMC, and then he also had that really good receiving touchdown. So I mean, yeah, it would have been it would have been Juwan Jennings uh, who would have definitely won that MVP. It would not have been Patrick Mahomes. I, I do say. Obviously, one of the big things, um, you know, that or that Kansas City did really well late in that game was they really went to that RPO with the quarterback, um, just keeping it. I, I I know it technically looks like an RPO, but I don't really think Patrick ever was going to hand those off, and he really did a great job um, of really fooling the defense on some of those handoffs because they did ultimately Isaiah Pacheco didn't have an, a great game. I thought CMC minus the fumble had a, you know, and I guess Pacheco did too, but you know, I think when you look at that and you look at, you know, how that game went down, I mean, really, uh, you know, Pacheco was held in check, uh, by San Francisco. It was, it was really just, you know, over committing to the running back when you kind of feel like, I, I don't know, on fourth down, I just don't think, you know, Patrick Mahomes is ever going to hand that off, you know? And I don't know if that's just playing your position the way you're supposed to by trying to, like, chase down that running back. But, I mean, Nick Boza looked confused on the RPOs. Well, it goes back to the, the line from the replacements. Winners want the football. True. And, you know, that those, <clears throat> like I tell you and you know, tell the folks, some of the, my concerns going into the game is if you just, the two quarterbacks going into the game, which one do you want on your roster? And, you know, that I could be a homer all day and be like, oh, I want Brock Purdy, but realistically, you want Patrick Mahomes. And even, I talked about the AFC Championship game, Lamar Jackson, who won the MVP award, or Patrick Mahomes. I want Patrick Mahomes. You want the guy who's going to literally break his ankle out there to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's true. I agree. To be honest, I think Ben Watson, for the Chiefs, the backup tight end, uh, was the MVP because without those crucial catches he made in that game, with the absence of Dre Greenlaw, because Fred Warner was all over Travis Kelsey all game, 
And don't get me wrong, he covered him as about as good as you could. Yeah. But Ben Watson, that backup tight end, kept him in so many drives that they just did not have the depth at linebacker to cover both. Yeah. Yeah. And that's and that's a huge part of, you know, the Chiefs game is having, you know, a tight end. Your tight end one is pretty much, you know, your receiver one, really. Um, but, yeah, absolutely fantastic, um, you know, to see other people. And really, Kansas City and, and Big Red doing what he does best is getting, you know, people involved. I will say, um, not happy MVS caught a touchdown. You guys know I don't really like MVS. Was very happy when he caught a ball for negative yardage, though, after having pretty much a first down and then running backwards. Um, so that, you know, kind of evened me out for a second. But I will say this much. What I did love, and I know obviously, you know, it comes down to, I think one of the best moments, if you can, you know, just being a fan of football was the game winners, Miko Hardman. You know, a guy who, you know, a guy who, um, they didn't think would be, you know, I think when he got drafted, they thought, oh, this is the next Tyreek Hill. He's going to be that guy. And then, you know, the Chiefs kind of lost faith in him. And, you know, and he was away, went to the Jets and, you know, obviously didn't do anything with the Jets because of their quarterback issues this year. And then ends up back with the Chiefs and ends up catching the game winner. Uh, was pretty was a pretty cool moment for Miko. I think more than anything, I mean, uh, obviously... Whether, you know, obviously if you're a 49ers fan, you don't think it's a great moment, but it was a pretty cool moment to see Miko catch the game winner. That play was, was a corn dog, or it was named like X Shuttle Corn Dog or something like that. And uh, Andrew designed it for Miko Hardman. Yeah. So it was, it was, so that kind of adds on to how cool that moment really was. Yeah. So um, really cool to see him obviously catch that and, 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 and end it. Uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs after his journey leaving Kansas City and then the prodigal son returning. Can't, you know, doesn't have his number. He had to switch to a whole different number when he came back. So anybody had a, you know, the 17 Hardman jerseys had to go buy a 12 Hardman jersey when he came back. But um, definitely, a, definitely a cool moment for uh, Miko Hardman. So um, one of the big things that happened during the game, and, and obviously you guys know I had to touch on it, uh, obviously, the people who were upset about Travis Kelsey yelling at Big Red, um, watching the <laughs> interviews with Andy Reid, watching the interviews with Travis Kelsey, it seems like you know they were just in the moment. Um, what did you guys think about it? Because I obviously, I mean, again, you know, at the level that obviously I coach at, we don't have that style. We have obviously we do have players who get a little frustrated, you know, because, you know, we do have good players even at, you know, the high school level, but obviously they still, you know, respect the coaches enough that it's very rare that, you know, a high school kid um, will yell at a high, like their high school coach that way, or even in college, you really don't see that that much. But again, these guys getting paid millions of dollars at the peak of their athletic uh, careers <laughs> and abilities. So what'd you guys think about the whole interaction with uh, Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid? I mean, I think if it was a problem or if Andrew Reed thought it would have been a problem, they would have never been in that situation to begin with because there were plenty of opportunities for Andy Reed to drop Travis Kelsey due to other issues prior to this, which kept him around. I mean, it's not like they don't know each other. So, I mean, I think for us to judge that situation is kind of ignorant because, I mean, 
just because it's a coach and player doesn't mean anything. It's two grown men, a uh, father figure and a son figure at this point. Like, that's their business. Let them handle their own their own shit, you know? Cody, you have anything to add on that? Well, in the moment, I was a, I was a elated, ecstatic, if you will. Because it got into his head. We got to his head big time. And that, honestly, that point in time, I'm thinking to myself, we might just win this ball game because we have, you know, one catch, one yard, almost completely ineffective. Then my guy, Dre Greenlaw, runs onto the field, ruptures Achilles tendon, and I'm like, well, that sucks. We pulled the same thing. It's the, you know, how many times does, do those things happen in NFL games and the camera doesn't catch it? Where, you know, we, how many times have we seen Tom Brady, you know, even at year 40 or being 45 years old, year 23 in the league, you know, breaking tablets on the sidelines? Yeah, I mean, we, we saw Antonio Brown, you know, almost stripped completely naked, leaving a ball game. So I feel like if you're Andy Reid and you know, Travis Kelsey are you know, getting a little a little heated there. And I don't think Travis Kelsey was necessarily heated at Andy, Andy Reid. I think he was just really aggravated and frustrated with the, how the offense was performing. And you know, Andy Reid's the head of that offense. So you're going to you know let him know your concerns about it. So you're trying to touch on what Jordan has. I'm sure that Andy has uh, probably laid the law down to Travis for a lot over the last like twelve years, and we don't know what uh, Andy Reid talked to him about in the locker room at halftime, and what that discussion was like. We probably won't know. And we, frankly, we don't need to know. I agree. Yeah, and both parties, yeah, handle. And both parties have both come out and said it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And both parties yeah. have both admitted that apologies have been taken or have been given and accepted. So it's and let's be honest, if do you think a grown man and a player in the NFL would, would talk to his boss in that manner if they're if he didn't understand his boundaries, no matter what situation you're in? Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think uh I think it all um has been talked about pretty well um with uh with those two and, and they both have come out and Andy Reid I think more than anything uh had a very funny moment where he said now he just really startled me is really what happened I've gotten older <laughs> uh, which I thought was pretty funny uh that he mentioned that but um I think the highlight of everything wasn't the actual game if we can be honest it was Jason Kelsey finding a Kansas City Chiefs um uh, Lucha Luchador mask and wearing that during the um, after parties. That was the true highlight of the Super Bowl night was Jason Kelsey being in um, full Jason Kelsey form. I don't know if you guys agree with me or not, but that's uh, I've had fun seeing the post uh, videos with him in a Luchador mask dancing with Marshmallow as he's DJing uh, the after parties. Uh, I would suggest listening to the new heights podcast after this one and listening to his firsthand account of that he said that he watched the video <laughs> afterwards and that it was just the only thing that will be remembered of that night and of any of the videos is that there's Travis and Taylor 
you know, in a touching, loving moment, just loving each other. The pan, the camera pans to a Neanderthal, completely dissociated from reality. <laughs> Correct. We all witnessed it. It was great. It was a great moment um, uh, after the Super Bowl, at least, to see that. So, what are? I also never, I never related to like being that guy in a friend group ever more than I did after I saw that video. It's understandable. <laughs> because out of the three of us, at any given time, if we were ever at some sort of a celebratory situation and there was a DJ in a luchador mask, odds favorite on who's going to wear that for the rest of the night would be me. That's also, oh, yeah. that's given at this current moment. If we get Cody back on the, uh, the SoCo and Dr. Pepper train, then whew, that's a heavy favorite. Odds change hard. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I, I pictured that, uh, I pictured out of this group, uh, it would be me obviously, um, as Travis, uh, I think we all know that dress nice out of the, out of the events, having fun. Um, you Jordan would end up being marshmallow. Um, you would just be DJing with some random object on you and Cody would be Jason Kelsey. 100%. Just clap, clap. To a remix of a Taylor Swift song. It was wild. <laughs> it was wild. I've heard. I got it. Like the movie. The, the, the Kelsey's, you know, you know ja, Jason and Kylie. You got to love on Kylie. She refused to wear Kansas City Chiefs stuff. That to me was awesome. I thought to myself, you know, does she have a sister? Because I need to meet her. I need to meet her. There you go. So her account of the after party is also hilarious. Yes, it is. Jason and Travis asked her. She said that she knew Travis was gone whenever, because he has three dance moves. And his first go-to is a foot stomp. And he had completely bypassed the foot stomp and he immediately went to the belly roll. Yep. Or the hip thrust. The hip thrust. Which yeah. looked like a belly roll because she made him wear overall so he couldn't take his shirt off. Correct. <laughs> This is a this is a correct account of what has happened um, over that. So, with that being said, I want to go ahead. Do we have any early Super Bowl predictions for Super Bowl Fifty Nine? Last week or two weeks ago, Jordan, your prediction was Minnesota New York Jets. Do you remember making this prediction? Absolutely, because I found a new conspiracy theory to support that. Okay. So I'm sticking with your conspiracy theory, but I'm flipping it as the green being an NFC team, and I'm taking Ravens-Packers. You talking about conspiracy theory? Yes, I'd love to hear your new conspiracy theory. Perfect. Did you Wait for my cue. Oh, sorry. Dude, come on now. If we're going to make this a thing, it's supposed to be semi-offensive, and I have to play that way. You have to be better at the keyboard. Okay? My bad. My bad. I forgot what I uh, honestly forgot which one it was. So I'm really happy. I randomly hit blue, and it was correct. I'm so glad that one hit because if that was a womp, I'd have been so sad. <laughs> because you're gonna love this one. Okay. Specifically because it involves your buddy Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins. Okay. There has never been a quarterback to win the Super Bowl who has lost to Kirk Cousins that season. Guess he lost to Kirk Cousins this season. Brock Purdy. Uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, guess, he, guess, what, guess what? That means the Vikings are going to win the Super Bowl 
because, I mean, they just have to. It's Kirk Cousins. He can't lose to himself. Like an older, drugged-up version of himself. I don't even know if they make it out of the North, to be honest with you. <laughs> they don't have to make it out of the North. They just have to get a wild card spot. I don't know if they'll get the wild card spot. They just need Caleb Williams to not get drafted by Chicago, which is also what we should be talking about. That's way too early Super Bowl predictions because we got fantasy on the line coming up in a couple of months. Yeah, we got we got enough time. We have a we have a lot of time before we get to because you completely <laughs> shut down my idea for a draft this month by silence. There is there is <laughs> that draft's not going to happen. I'm just saying. <laughs> We do not. We do not need the woke warriors destroying us. We we barely get our our you know fifty solid downloads you know for the first day release, and you're trying to get us canceled after. No, 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 we saw what happened. We saw what it did today. <laughs> no, <clears throat> and if you can get if you can get Will Compton to guest spot, we'll talk about it. Is that a legit deal? We'll talk about it. No, no, no. no I mean, no, no, no. We got to talk. Okay, we're, we'll talk about it. We'll if, you, about if, you can get, if you can get Will Compton, we'll talk about it. If you can get both of them, Will and Taylor, to guest spot Dude, on the I don't show, know, man. I'll have to say yes. There's no other way. <laughs> because they've technically already done it, too. Just with NFL players. Yeah, I think they can get away with it a little bit better than we can. I don't know. I would, I would beg to differ how they would get away with it. But anyway, we can ask them when we have them on. All right, cool. Bet. We'll talk about this afterwards. Okay. All right. Well, that's not what we're talking about right now. But we will get a chance to talk about the NFL draft as we get closer to it and as things continue uh, to shake up because, yes, there is a possibility that Caleb Williams ends up in Chicago. Also, a possibility that he does not. Also, a very strong possibility he ends up in Washington, amigo. Yeah. And Washington has the collateral and the coach. It's true to get to number one, and and talks of possibly New England. I don't think they have what it takes to get up that high. I don't think so either. But I do agree that it's very likely that we're going to see him in uh, in a commander's uniform. In uh, it's also yeah, and it'd be also really fun to see if. The commanders have to get to one one to do it because they're already one two. Yeah. So if they can get some sort of a handshake deal, and MJ two goes at one one to Chicago, I love the idea of investing in weapons outside of Justin Fields because I, I think that's all he needs. Really, in an offensive line. Yeah, he I needs mean, a line. But getting one more weapon and a decent patchwork line in front i mean he'll be a good quarterback yeah he uh i mean i think i think the two games obviously against green bay really exposed that offensive line um uh, sure. I, I think that that was one of the big where if you go back and watch really two games to really watch okay how did the offensive line underperform it would be that first game <laughs> of the year and then obviously the last game of the year as well uh, between Green Bay and Chicago, because Green Bay, that defensive line absolutely destroyed um, 
everything Justin Fields was trying to do in those games took away a lot from him. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I agree, though. I do, and, and it's hard for me to say this, obviously, case, you know, I, I just I don't like any Chicago sports teams. Um, but I will say that Justin Fields, I still think, is the right fit for them. They just have done nothing to help him at all whatsoever. We had, like, three coaches in, what, four years or something like that? Something yeah. Stupid. And his best weapon has been DJ Moore and Cole Kmet. <laughs> Who have had injury problems. Yeah. You know, and DJ Moore is still just to, got there. Yeah, he's still not like an amazing wide receiver. I mean, it's not like you're bringing in like Tyreek Hill. Like, I I don't even know. I think DJ Moore is fringe top ten. I think he's. I mean, he's a strong wide receiver too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't. He's definitely not. I mean, if he's, he's in the top ten, he's probably closer to that ten spot of wide receivers. Like ten yeah, if we truly broke it down, he's probably closer to like 11 or 12, possibly 13 in a top 15. So, again, I don't think – I think if you go and get Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, that's a huge step for Chicago. And and also a crazy moment, too, because a quarterback wouldn't be taking number one, which is wild to think of if they ended up taking Marvin Harrison Jr. with their first pick. That'd be absolutely wild to think that we could witness a wide receiver getting taken number one overall. Well, I mean, yeah, but also I just think it's smart to be honest. And after after one two, it's not much of a change, I don't think to be honest. Mm-hmm. Because if Caleb Williams does go to Chicago, and that means that they are moving for Justin Fields, which we also have what three months figured out, uh, it'd just be weird to see what is what what Washington does at that point. <laughs> Well, because I also don't hate Justin Fields with uh, what's his name, Cliff. Yeah, with Kingsbury, Justin Fields would be fun. Yeah, with Jahan Dotson. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad, bad little fit. Or there's always a possibility Fields. I know. Obviously, we know Pittsburgh's looking for some sort of quarterback situation. I've heard Tannehill. They just drafted one. They're sold. They're sold on Pickett, dude. They are in love with Pickett. As the seventeen Pittsburgh fans that show up at Sunday Ferry Pizza every Sunday during the fall, that want to stab in the face with a knife. We can. Plus, we, they're going to have Tannehill, right? I mean, we can we can ask them, or we can just realize that they need to sell Kenny Pickett. Anyway, um, Jordan, a couple a uh, couple Sundays ago, Cody and I got to go to NXT. Um, we got to go to Vengeance Day right here in Clarksville, um, the Queen City, baby. They were here, fired up. Uh, it was a great show. Wish you could have been there, man. You would have absolutely loved it. All of Clarksville chanted, whoop that trick. I would have been feral. Man, Rocky. I would have, oh, I would have been standing on a chair. I saw uh, videos from Cali about about where you guys are sitting behind the broadcast booth. Yeah, I would have been on a chair, <laughs> feral when Trick Williams showed up. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was good. Um, and I would have threatened and yelled at Carmelo Anthony just like a ten year old right by the bear. <laughs> okay, because I saw him and me and him same brain cell, dude. I don't know if you're listening. You should be, but you're you're welcome on the show too. So here's here's a funny one for you. I think you'll you'll love this. Um, uh, one of my good buddies who um, 
does a lot of stuff at Austin P with our productions. His name's Marcus. Uh, um, he has twins and they were at there and they were up, um, kind of in one of the overhead, not overhead, like they weren't super far up, but they were probably about 10 rows up, uh, sitting in uh, on one of the sides. And when Carmelo turned on trick, uh, he filmed them obviously. Cause you know, they're still children and don't understand obviously that it, it was how it's supposed to happen kind of deal, obviously. But we knew it was happening though. Oh, one hundred percent. We knew the Shawn Michaels we knew the Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. was gonna come out of Carmelo Hayes. But uh we watched uh I watched the video the and they were um they were very sad, very upset. Uh <laughs> they were just staring um at Carmelo and they started yelling at him and I guess whenever they were leaving, uh they saw Carmelo um, as they were leaving, and they yelled at him that they were get, they were going to train up to beat him up. So they're about ten. Um, so God, those are moments that I absolutely love about wrestling. Is is still the young fans? I think the young fans really do make wrestling so much better. I, I think the older oh. guys who are just the keyboard warriors really do suck and kind of destroy wrestling for a lot of us because uh, you're just like, yeah, dude, shut up, like it's okay. But the kids, man fantastic to see them still get fired up and, and look at it and be like, we hate you. Like we're going to be covered. I love it. So, um, yeah. What were you going to say there, Jordan? Can I use my one allocated word? Yeah, I'll give you one. Perfect. Well, basically what you're saying is fuck Dave Meltzer. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I don't, that's I don't basically what we're saying. I, don't I will that. fight Dave Meltzer right now. I will give 1,000% of, if we, I'll do it for free. I don't care if there's money involved. If you bet on me, I am coming for blood, Dave Meltzer. Jim, Jim Cornette, the Cornette Army, I got you on this. Dog. No more star rating bullshit. Anyway, but no, dude, like, I'm all for it. Like, it just reminds me of, like, being a kid at heart and, like, watching this and, like, I don't know. It's maybe it's just the redneck man. <laughs> we we had a few we had a few rednecks behind us, Cody. Cody oh, I, the kid I was inviting on the podcast, he looked pretty redneck up front, dog. I was like, man, okay, say that loud. What I'm talking about? Oh man, yeah. We had. I also. I had. I ended up having the most misfortune possible from. Uh, I think Cody had a really good angle of the ring. Callie had a really good angle of the ring, and I had about a six foot three. <laughs> country boy that sat in front of me and then through the other window that i had to look through was a guy with a gigantic afro so i was just pretty much i had pretty much had to watch the screen for most of the night um which kind of sucked but also just kind of being the atmosphere was really really cool and i will say this much i would say there was probably anywhere from 3500 to about 4200 people in the building which i have i haven't seen that um, even calling basketball games, stuff like that, we've yet to really get to capacity. The closest we would have been, um, obviously, had the tornadoes not come through when, when Austin P played Murray State, I think we would have had pretty close to what I saw um, at the wrestling event. But um, we need more. Man, I really do hope that uh, WWE took account of like, hey, this is a place that will come out and support wrestling. So I'm hoping and, and hoping that it, that continues. Uh, I was, I've been watching and going back and rewatching the uh, WCW Nitro episodes of Sequential Order starting in 1997. Okay. So I watched the rise and fall of the NWO, the okay. breakup of the Wolfpack, like the Bullet Club Junior, the Wolfpack uh, Blue Brand, uh, the Wolfpack Red, uh, 
NWO Euro edition. Like I got to see it all. You know what I mean? So I think it would be cool if, and this may, this is my thought process with Triple H and TKO completely in charge. This may be, I think NXT going on the road to like college campuses to bring the college kids back out because from what I saw on the screen, it seemed like young, it was a typically like pretty young crowd for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't bad at all. I think, uh, I think we had a really good turnout. Um, I, I mean, again, it was very hard to find an empty seat uh, in that building. And that was, that was really, really cool to kind of see that have that type of effect. Um, Cody, you were there. What'd you think about the, the crowd and, and the atmosphere? Great, great venue. Yeah, that's my first time being in FM Bank Arena, and I'm really, really pleased with how that turned out. So, I mean, I, I agree. I'd like to see more similar events. See NXT come back out at least once a year. Had one of the pay per views here. Uh, again, you know, it's different than watching the product on television, right? Was this your first one? To, we went to a Raw. Okay. A few years ago, uh, uh, Callie's mom got me and Ethan for Christmas. We got tickets to Raw. And of course, but stood out to me then. Shout out, man. Yeah, no, shout out to Mandy. Uh, the, the, the cameras, you don't really, you know the cameras are there, but you actually see the cameras when you're at the, in that line. Now, this time, being on the floor, being a few rows back from the ring, seeing the performers and just how engaged they are. Like Baron Corbin and Braun Brecker, obviously the heel tag team for the Dusty Rhodes Classic. But like Baron's looking back at the audience. He's looking back at the crowd, and you can kind of see where he's like, he's wanting you to get involved. He's got like that <clears throat> that look of like pride in his eyes. And you kind of you, you see it from a different angle. You see it, these guys are performers. They're, they're pouring their hearts and souls into it. And you don't necessarily always see that on TV because TV's trying to catch the angle of the storyline you know, for the characters. And I think when you're there live and you get to see that, you see the men and women who are the, this is what they do. And they're damn proud of it. And I love that. And like Ethan's point too, this with the kids, how those those little guys get into this. You know, I remember that, that Raw event we were at several years ago, and that little boy, Lana comes out with Rusev, and you know, she's doing her, you know, the Russian accent, and the little boy goes, She's from Florida. And uh, you know, it was really funny because they they don't they don't quite comprehend that, you know, this yeah. is it's like theater, but yeah. uh, uh, yeah, they're so actively engaged into it. And uh, there's those little boys like you're, George, you, you have to get in line, man. Cause there, there's an army of little guys that just want Carmelo's head. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Hey, I met me and hey, we'll call them the Guffy Army, okay? Like <laughs> you me, have your minions. Me and the, me and the garden gnomes, all right? We will go after Mellow Trick. Don't worry. Trick, trick, trick gang, no more mellow, no more trick mellow. It's me and the Guard Gnome Army. We're going after, we're going after mellow for you, trick. We're going to whoop that trick, baby. We got you. Yeah. So I mean, anytime you want, you want to be on the show, uh, you're welcome also. 100% trick. Just let us know, man. Uh, DM us at Schmitty Stories. Uh, I'll get back to you for certain. Um, we'd love to have you on the show uh, talking hey, about. So, well, the, the rock getting booed. Yeah, and a true. community where you see the Under Armour Rock brand and every single like uh, you know service personnel. 
Yeah. And even at the event, we saw a bunch of the Under Armour Rock brand and, you know, the Rock getting bruised, Rocky sucks chance. I'm like, did I, did I jump in a time machine? Do we go back to the, the mid-90s here? Yeah, he, he popped up. They they were obviously they play, you know, vignettes, things like that throughout the show. When you're, you know, watching at home, you don't get those vignettes. When you're at a commercial uh, in studio or in the actual area, you're getting, you know, previews of everything. And uh, yeah, it was definitely cool to have uh, the the rock come up and start getting the Rocky Sucks chant. And we so, want Cody and all that good stuff going on. I want to be the, I don't know if you guys know this. And if you don't, I'll be the first person to proudly tell you that you all did you guys participate in those chants uh yeah we participated in a lot of we did a lot of chanting okay because not you guys should feel proud because you guys made history because that vignette was a test to see if rocky was gonna be on tv on raw if the, if he got booed, he was not going to be on TV. If he got cheered, they were going to put him on TV until he got booed. So you guys are part of history for getting Rocky booed hard enough for them they, them them not to want to put him on Raw and then to go ahead and flip the storyline. Fantastic. It's a great storyline. You guys did it. Good. <laughs> Good job, Clarksville. You've done it. I'm so proud. Which again, I thought, I mean, you know, looking at it, you know, I, I think obviously we're feeding into the possibility of having, um, obviously, uh, night, <laughs> night one with Rock and Roman teaming up, possibly. We're seeing that as a possibility. I'm glad we're transitioning into this because I don't want to steal any more spotlight, but I want to bring up a topic that I'd like you guys to kind of feed me your opinions on. I saw a TikTok video with Rikishi talking about his opinion of how it should go. And I'm not sure how long ago this was. I'm not sure if the, the story had already been flipped or not. Uh, Rikishi says that he thinks that Cody should finish his story at WrestleMania yeah. because there's no other place to really do that. However, or he, I think about it. He said Cody needs to finish his story. He said, but before that, there has to be Rock versus Roman. Simple as that. Has to be that. He thinks that Rock takes down Roman. Cody takes down the Rock at WrestleMania to finish the story of taking everything from Roman. He took his belt. He took his kingdom. He took his tribe. He took everything from Roman. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, again, I, I want to see... I think we, you know, it depends on what you want to do with Roman Reigns, right? It, it just depends on if you want to, uh, and again, because he he has been your your biggest, you know, your your biggest horse in the race for you for such a long time. And that's what Rikishi said. He said, "Keep the belt on Roman because he's putting butts in seats until you can find a guy who can put butts in seats just like Roman can, right?" And then drop the belt. Yeah. So. I think Cody, I mean, I think right now you've had a really good, and, and you know, I think you've had a really good storyline of Cody becoming almost bigger than the Yes movement. I really do. Um, because, you know, with Daniel Bryan with the Yes movement, which was absolutely <laughs> fantastic, by the way, is is still one of the greatest moments. I was actually re-watching um, some of the older Royal Rumbles leading up to... Um, 
leading up to uh, obviously the Royal Rumble playing not too long ago, and remembering the Yes Movement, how big that was, and remember the WrestleMania where he had to beat Triple H just to be in the triple threat, and winning that triple threat that night was absolutely you know just a great moment. But I think with this movement, um, I, I think that you have a guy in Cody Rhodes who you can put that title on who is going to put butts in seats, who is this kind of, you know, I think he is a guy that you could give Roman a break and let Roman leave, and Cody's still going to drive the show because you still have, again, we've talked about the legacy angle. You still have that, um, you know, that you could work up to until SummerSlam with Randy Orton after that. You have... Uh, depending on what they do with L.A. Knight. You have L.A. Knight who can work a good storyline with them. I mean, you have the people there to do it. You're going to have Cody who's going to be this, you know, I'm a fighting champion, let's put this title on. Um, but again, I think what Cody said, you also have the ability to turn him into the also anti-hero hero, where he is, you know, this hero, and yet he's able to kind of still turn it more so where he's a dick and, and still be that guy and still get cheered or yeah, absolutely go into more of the bullet club style of things where he has yeah. a posse that's with him that protects him um, or things the like new that. DX possibly. Well, I don't know if you saw or not Guffy, but the new DX happens to be DIY according to our truth. I did see that. Yeah. He had triple H and Shawn Michaels right there. Yeah, saving him uh, in the versions of Johnny Gargano and Samasa Chapa. And he had two words for him. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. It was great. It was a great little... Uh, man, he's been... Uh, he's just been phenomenal. He's so gold. Yeah. He is just pure gold. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think you do have the ability to put the title on Cody and have him run with it. I really do think you do. Um but again, I, I think uh, I think it's going to come down to uh, I want to see that match at WrestleMania. I mean, that's where I, I want to see it at for certain. But again, Rock versus Roman is a WrestleMania dream match, and it's you know WrestleMania forty. It's in Philly, where Roman won his first Rumble, and they booed him out of the building until the Rock came out and they cheered the Rock, but booed Roman. I mean, it's so set up perfectly in Philly, but. Again, this whole heel angle with The Rock. I don't know. I, I think for the first time in a long time, I'm super excited to see each week of Raw and SmackDown of what's going to happen. Well, I, I agree with Jordan on that you have to... You got two different storylines that you're trying to resolve. You know, Cody's story, but also this sort of fall of Roman. And why is The Rock there? Yeah, initially I would say that you know that that would be like the the end of it, like the fall, right? But this is something we've we've been wanting to see, like this sort of the the bloodline civil war that was being teased and hinted at, you know, pretty much all of last year, at least the beginning of last year. So, you know, you do have these two storylines, and obviously the, the fans, you know, really showed what their uh, their displeasure, and they they really rallied and. You know, even turned Cody into a new uh, hashtag, uh, but the Cody Crybabies, which I do think that's I do think that's pretty funny. But uh, you know, and 
I just it's weird to me to see the Rock as a heel and him being able to really do that role because this is a guy that won't even die in his own movies. So you know he's got to be really pissed deep down that he's having to be like that the, the heel because in, you know in his mind he's, it's got to be I'm the Rock. This is sort of my thing. You know, one of the brands is named after my catchphrase, and uh, you know it, it's interesting to see how they do resolve all this. And how we go forward with it, but I do think, you know, as we've said, that you know, Roman, how much does he have left in the tank realistically? How much does he want to have left in the tank realistically? You know, at some point in time, you want to be able to enjoy the personal empire you've been able to build all along, and with you know a lot of his physical you know ailments, that his time may not be what it would have been. So, you know, it's time to you know, probably find that person that you can move forward with. And continue to develop some of your younger talent as, as well. I've got a question. So, I know that we have been pretty close to on track with what we thought may or may not happen, right? Like, we've been kind of close in direction. Yeah. We can read the room. So, I was thinking, watching, you know, scrolling through TikTok, watching some of the backstage stuff, and some of Triple H's reactions to The Rock's returns to things. Yeah. Hear me out. What if at some point we have a Rock and Triple H match around that SummerSlam area or we have a Cody Trips Roman Rock tag team match? <laughs> yeah, I thought about that too. In Saudi. Yeah, I, I thought about that too. I but don't. That's only a Saudi match. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I thought about that too. But I also <laughs> like thinking of the most recent, I think, health scare and like heart condition <laughs> for Triple H. But I, it's it's safe. <sighs> it's safe, and he did the same thing with Batista for three years. The Rock did the same thing with John Cena for two. Yeah. That doesn't have to be right now. I mean, I'm just saying, like... Where the hell the balloons come know. from? What'd you do? Dude, I don't know. I don't know. My phone does that, dude. If I watch <laughs> thumbs up, it's gonna do a reaction it won't at some do point. It like, if I, well, yeah, if I'm just randomly gonna be... I'm gonna be like... I'm gonna count at some point, and it's gonna pop up. What? That happened. Yeah, but that was balloons. Uh, like it's somebody's birthday. It is Bella's birthday. Happy birthday, Bella! I knew it. it subconscious, <laughs> but no. I mean, it could be like Royal Rumble next year. But I mean, they could drag that out True. and make it because he even brought up the authority, which that's a callback. Yeah, he brings uh, and it also brings to the point that Rock's coming in as Big Brother, and I'll take care of it. Don't worry, I'm the real chief. I'm the real head of the table. Yeah. So, I mean, and what if Roman loses the Triple H in a tag team that causes more of that civil war? That's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think if I think if Triple H is healthy enough to do it, 100% it needs to happen. <laughs> um, because, I mean, we were teased the Rock Triple H thing, what, like 2015? When they had the vignette yeah. backstage, and he looked at him and said, "You know, you know, we've never actually done this at WrestleMania." I mean, they teased that a long time ago. So, I mean, it, it and a lot of things I think that are being teased from almost 
eight years ago are finally kind of coming to fruition. Um, but again, if Triple H is healthy, 100%, I think we'll see it. Um, I just, he needs to make sure that his heart's okay because we don't need, I mean, if Triple H dies before Ric Flair, holy cow, like, I mean, come on. The good die young, man. That's, that's about how things go for Ric Flair, though. <laughs> that so, is true, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why HBK well, hasn't been back in the ring. You have, you definitely have that tension with the, the, the two backstage. With you could you could you could kind of feel that they're building towards that. And uh, yeah, I think we didn't get that. We were supposed to go to Ronda Rousey and Stephanie McMahon in San Francisco. Candlestick okay, start going at it, and that just Levi. But anyway, yeah, we we got Kurt Angle. <laughs> yeah, not a bad trade-off, you know. We got Kurt. That's damn true. That's damn. That's right. Oh, it's true. Um, it's damn true. So we did get that. Can we get that as a clip too? Can we get that as a button? I wish if we can get Kurt Angle. Yeah. Again, I don't think so. I mean, <laughs> I think all we have to do is get like a cameo video. I think we could use it at that point. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I'm waiting. I uh, should be getting a new laptop tomorrow. So, unfortunately, my laptop uh, did not make it through. <laughs> me trying to update it to the new iOS system. So RIP, uh, that laptop. Yeah, I know. So uh, once that happens and I can do a little bit more research about my roadcaster, we'll be good. Um, guys, I'm going to let us, uh, we're going to get out early. Um, we're going to go ahead and, uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about other things uh, moving forward. I think we had a really good banter about the Super Bowl and a good talk about the current realm of WWE what's going on in the world. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we had a good show. I think we've talked a lot. We've talked some Schmidt, and that's the whole idea of this whole show, right? Yeah, maybe next time we'll think of something random. and like a random topic and do like a book report on it. Granted, I'm not going to read the book. I'm just going to try to make a PowerPoint and make you guys believe that I understood what I was supposed to understand. Okay. okay. That's okay. We could try that. We could, we could try that as a... Uh, I mean... As a thing, I just want to see how many genres we can get tagged into. You know, like autobiographic, okay, historical, just like random topics. You know, just get broader outreach. Do, did we lose Cody? Is he alive? Yeah, I'm not sure what happened here. Can you guys still hear me? Yeah, we can still hear you. Just, you just pause the screen there, Grandpa. I'm not sure how to unpause it. <laughs> well, that's probably a good place for us to stop. Uh, today's show. I think it means it's bedtime. <laughs> it probably is. It's getting close for all of us. We're getting older. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for listening to another week of Talking Schmidt. Don't forget you can follow us on social media. Uh, you can follow the brand, if you will, at Schmitty Stories on X. <laughs> I said it right that time, Jordan. Uh, you can follow them That's at Schmitty Stories on X. You can follow us on Facebook at Talking Schmidt. Um, that's pretty much the only two. Oh, Instagram, I'm at Schmitty Stories as well on Instagram. You can find us there. If you have an idea, you have a question that you want asked, DM us. Slide into the DMs appropriately. You're welcome. Has, has anyone asked us a question yet? I know that's kind of a oh. rhetorical question. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, if they did, I haven't seen it. So um, I haven't got that update if they did. So. Do you have your account set on like public? Yeah. <laughs> You have your messages sent on public because yes. that may be hidden messages. Okay. Yeah, no, hidden messages still tell me that there's messages on my. Uh, hey, I mean, yeah, I mean, when we talk about that whole uh, contract contractual obligation we brought up earlier, I may give you contact with my ex girlfriend who is 
you know, that they're pretty good at, at getting into that into, into that stuff. They may be able to help you. Okay. I don't know what that means, but sure. Absolutely. That sounds, that sounds like that's where we need to be at. But again, it means, it means I've learned to make better lifestyles. You should be proud of that. I am very proud of that, actually. Thank you. For another week of Talking Schmidt, so long, everyone. We hope that you join us again next week.